The Fake Show podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison & Stephan, North Fifth Brewing Company, Threads of Envy, The Tone Factory Recording Studios, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. They were the originals, the innovators when it came to hip-hop. The Sugar Hill Gang was founded by Master G, Wonder Mike, and Big Bank Hank. And they were really just kids when they recorded Rapper's Delight. At the time, maybe it didn't get the respect that it deserved. And I'll talk about that with Master G right now, who is preparing to open the National Hip-Hop Museum next year. Master G, welcome. I love talking to innovators in whatever business you might be in, so I really appreciate this. I've been looking forward to it. My pleasure. I'm glad we could make it work. Sorry for the reschedule. Uh, no, not a problem here. Is it a fair assessment to say that, you know, back in the day, you guys sort of took what was going on in the streets and places like the Bronx and Brooklyn and, and really turned it into a global thing? You're very, you're, you're spot on, Jim. You know, what was happening on the street level, our producer, Sylvia Robinson, who was an R&B doo-wop singer and producer, she had the, you know, she had the, the, the foresight to say, you know, this is something that needed to be recorded. And absolutely, Mike Hank and myself are the beginning of, you know, what has now become this global phenomenon. Sylvia was an important person in the business, and she was the one who paired you and Mike and Henry uh, uh, together to form the Sugar Hill yes. Gang? Yes. So initially, uh, Rabbit's Delight was going to be one person, and when they went to record the record, they turned the person turned Miss Robinson down. So they spun they went to this whole, you know, like quality thing to find a person, one person. So they, they, they first started they looked at Hank and while they were looking at Hank, I came on the scene. Then we actually ended up it being Hank, Mike and myself. So again we're all thinking it's gonna be one person. And in her again, you know, intuitiveness, she uh, she literally said, rather than choose one of you, I'm gonna put the three of you together. And, you know, I love it. I do recall that you were just a kid, really, what, the age of 15, when you were mixing your own raps into into the, the music you were playing. Yeah, well, I was 15 doing parties in uh, the northern New Jersey, Englewood, Hackensack, in Keenan, New Jersey. Shout out to, uh, you know, all my folks out there. I was doing parties in basements and high school dances, and then uh, I was 17 when I recorded uh, Rap of Delight, my junior year, the summer of junior year, going to senior year in high school. Unbelievable. And when Rapper's Delight dropped, it was huge, but was it recognized for anything like Best New Artist, uh, Song, or, or any of that back then? Yeah, that, that's the thing that goes sometimes when you're the first of, a, of, a, of, a, of anything. You don't always get uh, uh, accolades that you know, uh, should be out there. We should have definitely won you know, album, uh, Song of the Year, Best New Group. Um, you know, anything having to do with what actually eventually became. So, you know, we were ahead of the curve, but it's okay because, you know, I like the idea of being the first, and I like the idea of being the, the groundbreaker um, because nobody can ever, ever, ever take that away from me. And because it was the first, was it actually kind of looked on as a novelty at the time? 100%. Yeah. That's another reason why, the, you know, the Academy, the you know, Grammys and all these different uh, outlets didn't recognize because they really didn't think that it was going to be anything. You know, it didn't happen. You know, they didn't start giving Grammys away for uh, uh, rap songs until, you know, much later on. You know, they, because once they realized that, oh, this thing is a monster, you know, then it was, you know, whoever was there 
time. But when we first started making a record, we were, you know, it was just us. Who decided to sample Sheik's Good Times and use that? So the, that's the other thing, too, that people, I got to always try to let people understand. There was no such thing as a sample in 1979. Yeah. That record, we used at the party, we used the piece, the musical piece of Good Times extended it. That's what a break is, and that's what the whole purpose of, you know, scratching and blending music together. But it is no singing on it. It was just the music. That's what you live rapped over. So because Miss Robinson heard that done, she had musicians recreate what a DJ would have been scratching, which is why it's just music. And so uh, it was it was the break beat of the summer, good times. And so when she was listening to a DJ in the area and said to her, you know, this is the record that we, we were using, she had the idea of, she said, okay, well, the best way to do it is you know, go in there and get the musicians in there and record it like she heard it at the party. Did you ever hear from Niall Rogers? Well, I mean, like, early on, there was some, you know, there was some, you know, some closed-door opportunities that had to be worked out because, you know, we were so ahead of the curve. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we, 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 we definitely had some conversations with Niall. I've, actually, I've seen Niall. I actually did a, uh, an event with Niall not too long ago uh, out in uh, Scottsdale. So I've seen Niall, and we definitely, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a partnership going. <laughs> uh-huh. And wasn't the original something like 19 minutes long? I saw a video of you guys performing. It's 15 minutes and 20 seconds long. Okay. Yeah, the, the reason the record was, is so long is because none of us had ever officially recorded anything. So once we decided it was going to be Mike with, you know, what she has not attested, then Hank and then myself, regularly at a party, it's called a, it's called a mic pass. So that's what... You know, one, two, three, four, tell me one to Mike, what are you waiting for? That lets the person know that you're finishing your rap and they can start. So Mike went, he passed it to Hank, Hank passed it to me. The music kept playing, everybody in the control room never didn't say anything to us, so I figured, okay, let me pass it back to Mike. Same thing happened again. The only reason why the record is not longer than 15 minutes is because there was no more music. So if the music would have been 30 minutes, we would have kept on going. That's all we knew. When Rapper's Delight took off, you had other plans, yeah? You were still in high school. Yeah, yeah, I was going to... So I had been... I grew up in a studio situation. My dad was a corporate pilot. So, you know, my thoughts were, you know, I was definitely getting out of uh, Englewood and Hackettack, New Jersey. I was going to go into the military. I liked the idea of the Marine. Uh, I thought they were the toughest branch, not taking anything away from any other branch, because I love all of our, of our, our military. But I was going to be a Marine. I was getting out of Jersey. Did your parents, were they supportive? Did they say something like, well, give this a shot, and then we'll see after that? Well, my, 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 my parents were Renaissance people in itself. Like I said, my dad was a was a jazz musician, a studio uh, engineer. He was a, a, a pilot. Uh, he did many things. My mom was you know, very ahead of her time. So they were 100% supportive of you know, taking on this endeavor. They, they always... They always told me no matter what it is that I do, just be really good at whatever it is. So with that, I had their 100% support, yes. You know, Sylvia discovered you guys. Did you go back and discover her music? Because she was pretty well known as an artist, Sylvia and Mickey. No, I already, I had already known who Sylvia was. I mean, Pillow Talk was a big record in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that she was as involved with the moment, you know, uh, Ray Goodman and Brown, which they ended up eventually becoming. I knew I didn't know that aspect of her, but I knew her from Pillow Talk, and then I had heard Love is Strange and didn't realize that that was her. 
Yeah. So I knew who she was. She was a she was a big figure like in our neighborhood. You are the current executive director of the National Hip Hop Museum, and that is going to be what opening in the spring, and there'll be Hall of Fame ceremonies and everything. So what we do is we do induction ceremonies. But my goal is with my partner Jeremy Bieber is to preserve the legacy the proper way, like they do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We want to do the same thing and have been doing the same thing with the National Hip Hop Museum. So we have a big event going on next spring because of the, you know, the power of this, this other event that's going down uh, uh, with all these great people, Curtis and you know, like the uh, the Chuck D and, and and those folks coming through. We want to make sure that they get their propers and we have our own form, you know, for uh, representation. And you'll be able to get tickets to uh, this ceremony. You can always get more information at the National Celebration of Hip Hop.com. Master G, this was fantastic and honor to talk to you. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, it is hard to believe, but Rapper's Delight was released in 1979. It was the first rap single to become a top 40 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. That finishes this episode of the fake show podcast i'm jim tofty thanks as always for listening i'll see you next time listen to the fake show anywhere on soundcloud stitcher itunes and thefakeshow.com Keep us on it.